The throwback is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. I've been using the GameTime app all year long, fortunate enough to to check out a couple football games, and I highly recommend it. It's very easy to tap checkout. You can just use the panoramic view to see exactly what you're getting yourself into, where you want to sit in the arena. And just a couple weekends ago in Buffalo, I was able to just check out the GameTime app just minutes before the game, and I actually did see a lot of the prices drop down. So check it out. If you're not a sports fan, music and theater tickets, as well. The GameTime app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Everybody, welcome to another edition of the Throwback. I'm your host Chris Meany of the Athletic, joined by Jake Steely and Brad Ziegler, also of the Athletic. Thanks for taking the time to hang out. If you are a subscriber, we really appreciate you. If you're not, you still have opportunity. You still have an opportunity to do so. Theathletic.com/slash/four-stack-lines. The Throwback. The, the ranking show, the advanced route. There's lots of great podcasts here at The Athletic. Actually, over a 100. We have Dunks and Dimes with Brendan Funston and Eric Wong. That's all things fantasy basketball related. Myself and the Eric Young, all things fantasy hockey related for Stack Line. So lots of goodness at The Athletic, and it's crunch time. Week 13, you got one more week into fantasy football playoffs. So Jake Seeley's article, the waiver wire column, you're going to want to take a, a, a read at that and also his rankings for sure. Jake, uh, what's going on, man? Happy Monday. A lot to unravel there. Um, big takeaways from the week? No, just big takeaways this week is too many days scrambled into three because of Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we have the short week, Brad. We have three Thanksgiving football games happening on Thursday, so uh, not a lot of time to unravel week 12 and get ready for week 13. No, and that's that's in some ways that's kind of fun because it just makes it a little more constant instead of like, you know what, I'll take a few days off. You know, after the waivers run, then I'll I'll check my team and like no, you got to be ready to go this week and and you know hopefully your family is is on board with uh, the time that you need to spend to make your team ready because we're at crunch time. You got you got you know one or two games left before playoffs now. Yes. Yeah, you don't have to write anything, so you don't care that obviously. I will say the other thing is when dogs get diarrhea, that's the worst. Oh, <laughs> uh, what did you give Barkley? I didn't give her anything. She just got she got sick. I think it was because of the medication she took. I don't know. Whatever it might be. And the worst part is now she's in this co- she's in this cycle of I can't stop it because it's it was starting to go away. But then she pooped in her crate and ate it before I could get to it because she's a bear. I, you know, I guess that's what dogs do is they try to hide it. So now she ends up eating it and then going again and then she eats it and goes. Uh, it's, it's a vicious cycle. Uh, yeah, yeah, dogs tend to do that. Um, pretty strange. It's frustrating. I tried to wake. Up, I even woke up at three thirty to try and make sure I got her before she. Did yeah. it overnight and yeah, still uh, not happening. No dice. Did you have to set the alarm for three thirty to do that? <laughs> no, I have a wise camera that's got audio, so I heard her as soon as she got up in the crate. But I'm going to get some pumpkin. Apparently, pumpkin makes them feel better, so we'll try that. Interesting. I did not know that. Did you know that, Brad? There you go. Like, I did my pack for everybody. Yes, pumpkin. Just like the, but don't get like you know the spiced pumpkin in the can and stuff like yeah, that's that. Gonna make but anybody worse. out there, this is <laughs> it works. My parents have used it with their dogs. Apparently, the cream or whatever, cream whatever the pumpkin in the can is, give that just give that to them for food instead, and boom, there you go. No, don't make it spicy because I, I feel like that would just make things worse. Yeah, no, like extra cinnamon or anything like that. But anyway, all right, well, there you go. 
You can for your direct, waivers, you pick can, up Pumpkin. <laughs> pick up Pumpkin, uh, maybe a couple other guys that we'll talk about a little later on. You have any dog questions, you can direct them to at... 80% of your fab. All in, kid. Yeah, 80%. This is what you've been waiting for this whole time, heading into week 13. Um, you spend all your fab there. Give Brad a follow, at Brad Ziegler, myself, at Chris, Chris Meany. Again, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us today. So we're, we're going to have a couple shows again this week. Wednesday, we'll preview the three Thanksgiving games and no teams on by, so lots to unravel on Wednesday. But let's kind of... Yeah, right? All those bye weeks are officially over, and now we'll just have to make those tough decisions. As Jake, I'm sure you're going to get so many questions this week, but I really need the win this week. This is very important. I need this guy or this guy. You answer, and then, but did you know that I needed the win, Jake, this week to but get into the did playoffs? You know? But did you know? I really <laughs> but would you really it. do it if it was your team, Brad? <laughs> would you really do it, Chris? Yeah. Would you if it was your team? Uh, hey, I apologized to somebody last night. I'll have a hundred percent it because somebody right night before last night's game were like, "Hey, I'm going into it. Would you sit Aaron Rodgers for Jimmy Garoppolo?" And my response was, "Look, I didn't draft Aaron Rodgers to sit him. Like, I the worst. You know, look, it. I I said it could be the wrong decision. Jimmy Garoppolo might be the better play." I think both pass defenses are good enough. And I said when it comes down to it is I trust Aaron Rodgers. And even if he has a bad game, the last thing I want to see is lose a game and Aaron Rodgers scores 20-25 on my bench. I said that's why I don't sit somebody like Aaron Rodgers. It was the wrong call, obviously. But at the same time, this is also why we don't do the two quarterback things is because more often than not, you end up going the wrong way with two quarterbacks unless, you know, it's like Lamar Jackson and now you're just backing him up in case he gets hurt. Yeah, Brad, it was such a weird week. I mean, Ryan Tannehill currently QB1, Sam Darnold 2, Fitzpatrick 4, Allen 5, Trubisky 7. Did you say Darnold in there? Yeah. That stupid ugly yeah. face? Tannehill 1, Darnold 2, Fitzpatrick 4, <laughs> Allen 5, Kyle, who had looked not even like he could play in the CFL. Uh, a shout-out to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Great Cup winners last night, if anybody even knows what the heck that is. Uh, and then Trubisky, seven. So, I mean, it's just one of those weeks. In the quarterback position, sometimes we get this. It's it's pretty tight. But, Brad, how many times do you sit your studs, as an example, as Jake is talking about? It. Like, if you have Aaron Rodgers and you drafted him early, you're, you know, you're probably playing him. Yeah, most likely. I mean, the the gap between Rodgers and Grapple in the season isn't enormous, if you, especially if you take out kind of the – and I know – Jake doesn't like removing certain performances, but you take out that one enormous week that Rodgers had, then all of a sudden they're they're very close again. So it's it's you know Garoppolo's playing great, and he played great last night. And the 49ers defense really impressed me last night because the the yeah. Packers looked completely inept, just completely inept oh. on offense. They couldn't couldn't run the ball. They couldn't. Rodgers threw for 104 yards on 33 attempts. That's just absurd. That- yeah, so I agree. I agree with what the, the defense is the big thing here. Is and you know maybe that's the I didn't give enough respect to it. They're the, the not liking to do things. I know you said that, and you're, you know we're joking around, but because I actually thought you were going to go the other way. I thought you were going to say outside of the, the two big games against Arizona, Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't done a ton. Like he's been mediocre-ish. And yeah, so did he show you enough last night to give him a little bit Garoppolo? more credit? Garoppolo? No, I was going to say, you know, he looked really good. I still don't... I, it's not even Garoppolo. It's not that I don't trust Garoppolo. And to go back to the question of versus Aaron Rodgers, it's not that I think Jimmy Garoppolo is that much of a drop-off to who Aaron Rodgers is at this point of his career, especially with the weapons that he has. What it comes down to is I just don't... I still don't trust Kyle Shanahan. I just don't know what he's going to do week to week, and I don't think anybody ever does. Nobody knows how he's going to use his running backs, Nobody knows if he's going to go pass heavy or run heavy or, you know, what is some type of balance. Garoppolo looks good enough. Garoppolo, people asked me, I said, yeah, I would trust him in my fantasy playoffs over Josh Allen at this point because Josh Allen's schedule is miserable. But I go back to that and with Brad, and I agree with Brad on this is 49ers defense. You go back to it. Russell Wilson, good game. Wasn't amazing. Kyler Murray threw for two touchdowns both games, but one was two something, low two something, and the other one he didn't even crack 200 yards. So, at this point, I think maybe that's really what we have to take away from it is that the 49ers defense is concerning for every, like, even if they don't, obviously, but if they were playing Lamar Jackson next week, you might be like, eh, Lamar Jackson's number five this week, not number one. Brad, yeah, and, and they're at New Orleans the week after that. And, and you still start, you know, you still start Kamara, you still start Michael Thomas, you probably start Drew Brees, but it's just, it's not as appealing. Whenever you see them shut down Aaron Rodgers like this, and granted, it was at home and maybe we, it'll be a little different when they go on the road. But they do have a juicy matchup week 15 against Atlanta. And that's, that's one that like you're starting looking toward the playoffs. That's a, a teams that get a bye week in week 14 in the playoffs. Maybe looking for a, a quarterback streamer. Go ahead and add Garoppolo right now. 
sit him for a little bit, and then you've got him week 15 because Atlanta's defense revealed itself again yesterday, like we thought they that they you know they were the first 10 weeks of the season, and and they are now a, a you know a team to target down the stretch here. So the defense is legit. We know that. I mean, last season they had 37 sacks. I mean, they only had two interceptions, and this season uh, they lead the NFL in sacks. They're getting after the quarterback. They got 44. They have 11 picks, 12 fumble recoveries, and four touchdowns. So the defense we know is legit. It's good enough um, to get them into the playoffs 100%. But Brad, are you still like did did Jimmy show you enough yesterday? Or do you need to see it in Baltimore, in Orleans, week 13, week 14, to actually finally give this team the full stamp of approval? Like, yeah, they may not be division contenders, playoff contenders, but maybe Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, they definitely are. And there's, I mean, that the defense can can do a lot of things for you. We saw that with New England early in the season when there, you know, there were a lot of games where their offense wasn't playing that great. You look right now at, at the the defense, you know, the defensive uh, fantasy points. Everybody was talking about how good the Patriots were. The Patriots have 121 fantasy points on the season. The 49ers have 116. They are right there with them. And so it's, you know, it's, it's been a really impressive run. They definitely have had a tougher schedule to put that up against. And, and yeah, I, I definitely think that they're a legit Super Bowl contender down the stretch. I'm still, you know, like Jake, I picked the Saints early on. I'm going to stick with the Saints. Um, but the Saints better get their defense figured out because it, it doesn't matter how good Michael Thomas is or Alvin Kamara is, they cannot be giving up points like they are if they're going to compete with the, the Niners or, or whoever in the playoffs. Jake, do you have any concerns with the Saints? I mean, losing to Atlanta mm. at home a couple weeks ago, winning on the road against Tampa Bay, fine. But um, is that just the fact that Carolina, maybe a little bit more desperate team, division rivals, um, heading into the New Orleans after losing two straight games and getting like demolished before that. I mean, they hung around in that football game, but do you do you want to just answer the question? <laughs> no, I want, I want you. To. No, it's just it was just funny because you like were given all the review. Like, do you concerned because they have this? this, this just it was just funny. Uh, look, I think you have concerns for any team in the NFL at this point, but the contenders are who we think they are at this point. I want to say who we thought they are and roll that out there, but we think the Ravens are in contention. They're obviously the Patriots and on the NFC, the two best looking teams right now are the 49ers and the Saints. And you said, yeah, they got to get a defense together, but it goes back to, you know, as you mentioned, if this is a playoff game, Jimmy Garoppolo is not at home to, you know, would you take Jimmy Garoppolo in New Orleans or would you take the Saints and Drew Brees in New Orleans? So I think the point is now is the 49ers have put themselves in that conversation. They kind of did two or three weeks ago already, but yesterday even cemented it even further in the fact that maybe, I mean, it's a four-team race at this point, like because it just feels, and that's to answer your question a little different way, is it feels like the Patriots, Ravens, Saints, and 49ers are on a whole other level with the rest of the NFL right now. Yes, yeah, I would agree with that. Um did the Raiders miss an opportunity yesterday to beat the Jets? I mean, <laughs> yes! are you kidding me? Yes. You want to talk about who they, we thought they were. The Falcons and the Raiders defense is both. It's who we thought they were. Screw talking about their last two games and all the quarterback pressure and everything that's looked good so far and everything like that is just it, offense, defense, like 100%. The Raiders had a potential playoff, and nobody really expected them to win a playoff game. But if they could have just been in contention, that's a huge success to turn around that fast. And obviously they have a bright future, but to come up that like, – that's not even – they, they didn't even look represent, they looked like a two and 14 team yesterday. That was embarrassing. If I'm a Raiders fan, I'm embarrassed. It looks like, it looked like the Raiders of old, and I thought potentially it could be a trap game, but I'm like, nah, you know, they'll, they'll be competitive, but Brad, they weren't competitive at all. I don't know if, you always they hear this in the NFL. The third quarter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You always hear this in the NFL looking ahead. I mean, is that the case with the Chiefs on the schedule? I mean, if they would have won that game, they would have been tied atop the AFC West with the Kansas City Chiefs. Who the heck would have said that at the start of the season, that week 13 between the Chiefs and the Raiders could be for, you know, the division lead? But um, I know that you're not a big Raiders guy, but what did you make of that um, game against the Jets yesterday? You know, they're... They obviously didn't show up. There's a lot of statistics uh, that were flying around yesterday about how bad the Raiders have been when they have to go to the Eastern time zone to play and and play in that early time slot. And maybe there's something to that. Like maybe their bodies were basically still asleep because, you know, you you make that trip and 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 I can you know I can attest to this a little bit from a baseball perspective. Playing in Arizona, playing in Oakland, when you go to the East Coast, it takes a long time. To, we, we had a trip to Toronto one time. We came from Oakland, or I think we actually in Seattle and went to Oakland, or uh, went to Toronto and played a Friday night game and then had a day game Saturday. And it, I mean, we're going to the field. We're waking up 
at like 7, 8 a.m. Eastern time, which feels like five in the morning, you know, like four or five in the morning to our bodies. Like in 24 hours, you don't adjust that quick. And you're, so everybody's just, you know, chugging coffee like crazy, just trying to, to kind of wake up and, and be ready to go because that game's starting at, it was like a one o'clock game. So that's starting at like 10 a.m. on your body's clock. That's a weird feeling when you're not used to doing that. And, and so I, I always thought, and I, I fought hard for this in collective bargaining, you need to give the teams going west to east an extra day. And, and I fought hard to say, like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna make that trip, you need to build in an extra day off there before they have a game, or at least at a minimum, guarantee that their first two games are night games, because it's, it's really difficult to make that adjustment. And I, it wouldn't surprise me if that's a lot of what happened to the Raiders yesterday because they definitely looked like they were sleepwalking through a, a good chunk of that game. Toronto likes to do that to you. Uh, the, the Blue Jays have a lot of day games here on Saturday and Sunday. The Raptors do that as well. I've heard, I've heard multiple players say that, not just in, in baseball, but in the NBA as well. I mean, coming, coming to Canada, coming to Toronto to play a, an afternoon game at one o'clock just really just throws everybody off a little bit from their routine and from their schedule. Just sticking with teams that, um, you know, a little bit surprising. I mean, it's it's absolutely wide open for that second wild card spot now. I guess we give it to the Bills, eight and three. I'm still not impressed. I still don't feel like they've beaten anybody. But they got a big test this week on Thursday, Thanksgiving Thursday, uh, to go into Dallas and play the Cowboys. But uh, Jake, this is completely wide open. The Steelers squeeze a win out, but nobody's impressed with their offense. Their defense looks fine, but they almost lost that game yesterday in Cincinnati. Uh, the Raiders six and five. We talked about the Colts six and five. Eric Ebron is now done for the season, and they just seem to. Uh, Every single week, it seems to be somebody just comes off their roster. And now the Titans are in the picture at 6-5. and five. Right now, looking, who do you like to get that second wildcard spot? Or do you no, even like the Bills to get forget, in? Don't forget, Cleveland Browns are 5-6. and six. That's right. The Browns are back in at 5-6. and six. Don't, don't, Hey, and don't dismiss Sam Darnold. Hey, look, it's his time of year. No, <laughs> I'd be so annoyed if somehow the Jets ended up in the playoffs. There's no way at this point. But I think you still have to like the Bills, obviously. I mean, 8-3. Yeah. and three. I mean, they're a leg up on the other wild cards. Two games I mean, now. Yeah, if they're in another division outside of the Patriots and Ravens, they're the third leading team right now, and I think that's a big one. Even if they lose the rest of the way, at eight and eight, they still might be in it. They just got to get one win to be nine and seven. I think you have to like them. So now it comes down to one spot, and I mean, it's what you just said: it's the Chiefs, Steelers. We can toss out the Raiders, especially after yesterday. It's going to come down to the Colts or Titans battling back and forth. So you know what? I I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns sneak in, but as of today, I can't believe I would say Ryan Tannehill, but I I think the Titans just look. The Titans of all these teams looks the most complete. Would you agree with that, Brad? At this point, yes, but it's interesting because the Chiefs play the the Raiders this week, but then the week after that, the Raiders play the Titans. But then we, we talked last week about how easy the Raiders' schedule looked down the stretch. You know, they played the Jets. That was a game they should have won. But then after <laughs> yeah, the we Chiefs, were including the, that the, one. <laughs> yeah, it's the Titans, the Jaguars, the Chargers, the Broncos. None of those teams scare you. And so there's a chance, even if the, the Raiders lose one of these next two games, they could still end up 10 and 6. And that game against the Titans might actually be to decide who that wildcard team is. I mean, the Steelers benched their quarterback yesterday. I, I don't think there's any way they hang on to that spot. They're, they're an absolute mess right now. Um, you know, partial with injuries and partial with, with just terrible play. Um, but the, the, the Bills, the, I like the Bills down the stretch. Um, they, they've got, they do have one more game against the Patriots, but they also play the, the Cowboys who don't look that great right now. And they've got, you know, their GM or their owner, um, you know, calling out their coaches a little bit. Then they got the Steelers two, two weeks after that. Then two weeks after that, they play the Jets. The Bills are going to hang on to that, to one of those spots for sure. And so at that point, I think everybody's fighting for the second spot. Did you, by the way, go ahead. Did you happen to see the rumors speaking of those stupid, oh, Jason Garrett? Do you see the, the idiotic Giants? Oh, that they were, that they would be interested in him? Yeah, I did oh, see that. Oh, God. Yeah, I see, this is why I don't root for my teams anymore. <laughs> it doesn't seem like anybody would be interested in him. They're both in the same lake. <laughs> yeah, and Jerry Jones is, is kind of starting to call him out without, you know, directly calling him out. Uh, I know yesterday. Uh, that was, that was basically, yeah, that yeah. kind of definitely felt like a, <laughs> we have coaches that can make better decisions and I don't, don't know why we have so many or whatever. <laughs> right, yeah, that was, that was an interesting quote from Jerry. Did you guys happen to see Gronk on the set yesterday? I think it was on, on this, this, what was the Pats? Oh, the shell shock look? That, but did you see him talk about just the weather? At halftime, he was talking about the, the two coaches and the weather and he was talking about Belichick and he, and he said, listen, I mean, 
the Patriots practice no matter what. Sunny, rainy, stormy. He said, if there's a blizzard and you're not there at seven o'clock, you're not practicing and you're done and you're not, you're not playing that weekend. And then he turns around and takes a shot at Jerry Jones. And if there's a little bit of a sprinkle in the air, Jerry comes down and asks the guys if he wants to practice. Do you guys want to practice today or do you want to take the day off and not practice? So I just thought that was, um, was pretty funny. I, I, we're jumping around here because I do want to get back to the AFC, but since we're on that Dallas, and a New England game, and Brad, you had said I mean, you have some concerns about Dallas. It doesn't seem, and and that game was bad yesterday weather wise, but Dak does seem to really struggle outdoors. No question, and I I think he struggles t- typically in general outdoors or even away from home. Like he's way better at home, and I don't I don't know what the numbers show home road splits, but I just feel like when he goes on the road, and the, and when that team goes on the road in general, they do not play well. They don't. It's, it's a, it's like there's a, a lack of focus or something. But when, I mean, Randall Cobb, and I understand, I, I, this was a game that I definitely thought that Amari Cooper would be shut down. I did not expect him to be zero catches. Um, that, that kind of caught me off guard. But I, this was a game I thought Randall Cobb might have a good game, but I did not expect their leading receiver to be four catches, 86 yards, no touchdowns. They didn't score a touchdown offensively at all. Zeke looks very pedestrian right now. Um, you know, he's, he's not, he's not racking up numbers. He's not being used in the passing game barely at all. I mean, yesterday he had four catches and that was his, the, probably the most he's had all season. So it's, it's, or, or close to it. He's, it's just, they look very out of sync except for when they're at home. And when they're at home, they're world beaters and, you know, they're winning their division right now. So there's a really good chance that, that they're going to end up, um, you know, getting at least one home game in the playoffs. Um, that being said, I don't, that's not a team I trust going forward, and I don't like him from a fantasy standpoint going forward. You know, Jake heading in, Dak had led, he was leading the league in, in passing yards. He beat up on some pretty weak opponents. I mean, we, we said before on this show that the Bills haven't beat anybody. I, the same can be said for Dallas. I mean, who have they beaten this season? I mean, they lost some big games at home. They lost to the, they lost to the Saints. They were never in that game. That was in New Orleans. They lost to the Packers at home. They lost to the Vikings at home. Yeah, they could have won that football game yesterday. Are you chalking it up just to weather, or do you have some concerns with Dallas that maybe they're just slightly overrated? I've always had concerns with Dallas, and yes, some of it was the weather too, but both of you guys talk way too long if you don't hear Barkley in the background, so i got to go take care of that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Barkley so got the, the, the runs. Cowboys, the Cowboys games coming up in the, in the next few weeks, they're, they play the Bills, who we just discussed. They're probably a playoff team. The Bears have a great defense. Rams have a pretty good defense. The Eagles have a pretty good defense. Who do you want to, like, I don't want to start any of the Cowboys. I don't feel confident. I mean, I know you're going to, but I don't feel confident the rest of the, the rest of the season playing any of those guys feeling like I know they're going to have a big game, you know, where, whereas, and, and you felt that way with, with any quarterbacks against the Eagles, you know, the first nine weeks of the season. And now all of a sudden it's not that way. And, and I expected Russell Wilson to have a big game yesterday. Didn't happen. It makes me nervous for Dak when that, when they, you know, play the Eagles down the stretch. There's not a game here that I like, and it's it's very possible that as bad as the Eagles looked yesterday, they might still be able to jump up and win that division, being only a game back right now. Isn't that remarkable that that's the case? I mean, even watching that game yesterday with the Eagles and the Seahawks, and I and you were talking about a, a West Coast team going to the East Coast, and I thought maybe because there were some some plays that Russell Wilson you, he normally doesn't make. Like early on, you see Carson Will, Carson Wentz and a couple throws that he had. I mean, Miles Sanders in particular, he would have just taken that to the house. He overthrew, and it's like, oh, maybe it's just wind, and maybe it's Maybe it's just Carson Wentz, and then you see Russell Wilson do something very similar, and then you wonder with the West Coast team going to the East Coast team if they're just a little sluggish there. But in, just watching that game, it, did, it didn't feel at any point that the Eagles should have been in that game, that they get the touchdown late to, to, to make it one-score game. But at that point, it was already over. Would you even start Carson Wentz? I know we had this question last week, but seeing again another poor performance and what he's working with with some of these wide receivers, he doesn't, he didn't even take a shot downfield at all yesterday until the final drive and there was a pick. Would you even start him, Brad, against Miami? The Giants, Washington coming up? I don't think you can play this guy, even with just Zach Ertz catching 12 balls. I think he's, I think he's an absolute sit. That's, that's the biggest thing to me is he, right now, he has no receivers outside of Ertz. And, and, you know, throw Goddard in the mix. But, I mean, when, when Aguilar was out and when Alshon Jeffrey are out, he has no weapons. And that's one thing I feel like they've done him a huge disservice in not giving him receiver depth because he has no no options to throw to. They they are one of the worst teams in, in drops in the NFL. 
And they, you know, I know at least, you know, through week six, they were leading the NFL in drops. I don't feel like he's really being given a fair shot. Now their offensive line is dismantled. They had a player leave the game yesterday with anxiety issues um, that I, I know is, you know, something very serious and, and you hate to see it. But it also, they had just lost um, Lane, what's, what's Lane the left Johnson, tackle's name? Yeah, Lane, Lane Johnson, yeah. They had lost him too. And so they were playing with basically without their left side of their line yesterday. Factor that in that. You know, then they also don't have Jordan Howard, and then they don't have those two receivers. They they're going out there with a shell of who this team was supposed to be offensively. I don't know that it's Carson Wentz's fall at this point. I I do want to play him against Miami. There's no no question. I want to play him in that game, especially if Jeffrey comes back. And it sounded like Jeffrey was pretty close to playing yesterday. So you'd like to think that with another week of of rest and getting ready, that both him and Aguilar might be back. And if that's the case, then. Yeah, I, I would still start him against Miami, uh, but I don't know about much after that going forward. Yeah, Brennan Brooks is who you were mentioning, um, anxiety yesterday was, was unable to play. And yeah, I wonder, I don't want to put all the blame on Carson Wentz. There were some throws that I, I felt like he should have made, but you're right. I mean, there's just a lack of weapons there. It just doesn't seem to be good. I mean, three fumbles yesterday, two lost, and he hasn't thrown, he hasn't had a game with over one passing touchdown since week six against the Vikings. It's been one, 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 bunch of picks, bunch of fumbles in there, so it doesn't look good. Jakey, you back yet? Yeah, I've been back. Oh, he's been back. Um, you're just doubling down, Carson Wentz. He's just a fan of the show. He's just a fan of the show. Um, would you start I him you, against Miami? Yeah. No, I, I said last week I wasn't going to start him. And I'm still, I, okay. I reverse course and told you last, well, reverse course before that, I told you I've been telling people to buy low and I'm not even starting a period and that's, don't do it anymore. And people get bringing that up and I want to go, I don't even care about that. I just want to go back to a different thing is like real life NFL since we're talking about it. I got scoffed at. When I said that, hey, maybe we should give Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby some credit for what they've done to this defense. I'm not saying they're world beaters at this point, but hey, maybe they are a little uh, more valuable than people wanted to just laugh and say, oh, it's just Darby and Mills, whatever. This team still sucks. It's been pretty dang good since they came back. Yeah, it's been really good. And now they got Miami. I mean, they're one of the defenses I, th- I think that, you know, you can go ahead and pick up. I think we mentioned that last week too. And I think they passed the test against the Patriots and then they certainly doubled down against the, against the Seahawks. So you got Miami, the Giants and Washington over the next couple of weeks and their ownership fewer than 40% of the Yahoo League. So they are available. I want to go back to, I, I want to hammer down who we agree is going to get that foul, final, uh, wildcard spot in the AFC. So I want to, I want to go through some of the wins here. Let's go to the Titans and let's, let's chalk this up. All right. They play the Colts week 13. Win, Jake. Where is it? In Indy. It's at Indy. No. Brad? Uh, no, I, I don't, I, I'm gonna pick them to lose a bunch of these games down the stretch. Okay, so like a loss, okay, so a loss against Indy and then in Oakland, week 14. Brad? Loss. Jake? Win. Alright, I'm gonna give them a win there too. Uh, week 15, <laughs> Houston? At home to Where Houston. Where is it? In Tennessee. They win Tennessee. They're winning yeah, that? They'll win that one. Ooh, wow, against the Texans. All right, you guys trump me. W. But then I think they and lose. then they the lose to the Saints week 16, and then they lose to the Texans again. Or I guess they uh, Houston. Yep. Jake? So, yeah, so what, two and two? All right, so they're so, not the playoff team. That's so, eight, yeah, eight, so we need somebody yeah, else. Yeah, <laughs> so they're they're not the playoff team. They're out. Um, so let's go. I know, I'll, go I'll back tell to you what the Raiders, answer is. I, we'll, we'll touch on the no. Raiders in a second. We're going to the Colts. No, no, no. So the Colts. No, I got, I got one for you. Okay. I got go one ahead. for you. I, don't, I just want to tell you the schedule. Okay. I just want to tell you the schedule. It's a playoff contending team. Steelers, Bengals, Cardinals, Ravens, Bengals. That's four and one. That's the, the Browns That's are making the, the playoffs. Okay. Browns are going to sneak in at nine and seven. I don't, and I will say this: I, I don't. That's possible, but I don't think they go four and one in that stretch. So I, I don't think the Browns make it either. They I definitely s- lose to the Ravens. I but say I think they they'll beat, find a way to well, lose one beat, of those other games. Yeah, I, I like them too, Jake. Um, they beat Pittsburgh. They beat Cincy. <laughs> They beat Arizona. They lose to Baltimore. They Look, the Colts so got two four. losses, so that's seven. So that's nine wins. The Raiders are not going to beat the Chiefs. I wouldn't take them against the Jaguars. I wouldn't take them in in I was about to say in Chicago, in L. A. for the Chargers uh, at Broncos. I don't know that the Raiders have two more wins on their register. On the register on the Raider. I can't even talk it anymore. Stupid Barkley. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the Colts recover. So it's like, look. We're going to have probably two 9-7 teams, so it's going to come down to conference. It's going to come down to week 17. Well, no, the conference tiebreaker, 5-3, and three, Cleveland Browns. The Titans are 4-4, four and four, Colts are 5-5, five and five, the Raiders are 4-3. and three. 
and they're not going to be in the mix in our opinion. Well, we already eliminated the Steelers too. It's Browns. I'm telling you, the Browns are going to make the playoffs. They're going to back into the playoffs, and I would not want to play that team in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> That's fair. We calling it. Speak, speaking of, we were talking about quarterback play a little bit ago. It reminded me of the dollar bet that we had last week about Sam Darnold being the top six quarterback against the Raiders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I noticed you never bring up the dollar bets you lose. <laughs> <laughs> there hasn't been one. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> uh, jokes. All right. Um, okay, we'll move on. We're still obviously as a group uncertain, but I I, I do kind of lean with you, Jake. Is uh, it seems like maybe they could be one win short, but a lot of these teams do play each other, right? I mean, the Titan t- Titans and the Texans. These these guys are going to lose games. Uh, I don't even know if Houston's locked into that division just yet. I mean, seven wins. They're they're one up on the Colts, but very interesting. Since we're on the Colts. Um, the guy who led the week in rushing attempts, Mr. Jonathan Williams and, and Jake, I know a lot of people are pretty upset. Again, that's another one. You told me to start Jordan Wilkins. You told me to start this guy. No, I didn't. I know you <laughs> didn't, but people out there, that just seems like it, it, this is the world that we live in now. We just can't take anything away from the game that Jonathan Williams looked good. He, at first, I saw people tweeting, oh, Williams sucks. I mean, he's just running into the, running into a line. He doesn't know what he's doing. And then later on, he has a couple impressive runs and he was involved through the air and he scores a touchdown. I mean, why can't people just be happy that Jonathan Williams had a decent day? I mean, it just seems to be everyone. Blame somebody. Yeah, everyone just has to go and blame somebody. But, um, did you, what did you take away from that game? I mean, Williams, again, without Mackey, you can just count on this guy to get 20 touches? I'd say around that area is because Naeem Hines' role is what it's always been. It's Naeem Hines is never going to change. It's who he is, he's going to get three or four carries, maybe at best, and another three or four reception. Naeem Hines is barely in the register for – got to pull that board back again. So <laughs> the RB3 for half and full point PPR. Wilkins is just Wilkins. Wilkins – it's, does it surprise anybody that Wilkins has been now years in the NFL and then they gave Williams the crack after what he did last week? I don't understand why Wilkins got any support. You know, I had him down around like 38, 39 or whatever that or was. Probably just out of respect was, because he was coming back off. I mean, he hasn't well, done Well, no, anything. just because that was, that was just like, hey, he might get five to ten carries. He might look pretty good. He might sneak into the end zone, but also 36 to 40, wherever I had him, I had somewhere right around there. You're not starting that in most leagues anyway. No. It's just a 14 by, and now for this full week, like, let's say going back and not having known what we already knew, this week, with everybody off the bye of all these running backs that were on a bye last week, he would be down in the 40s anyway. So, all that being said is it's Jonathan Williams' show now. He showed briefly in that one game that he could probably handle it and then doubled down and did so last week. I think that you have to look at him going forward as he's in the RB2 conversation. Congratulations, you got somebody late in the season as an RB2. It's, it, that doesn't happen all, very often. No, it doesn't. I mean, last year, I mean, Damian Williams kind of uh, kind of around this time, but he had more upside. But, Brad, Todd Gurley, zero 100-yard rushing games this season. Jonathan Williams, back-to-back games with 100 yeah, yards. Yeah, and the, the one that surprised me in this one was Jacoby Brissett not being able to throw uh, against the Texans secondary. They they threw for 129 yards, no touchdowns, and this was a game that I thought, I actually thought there was a good chance he'd be a top 5, 10 quarterback this week because of that opportunity and, and basically if he, without his rushing you know, without his rushing yards, he's a single-digit quarterback. And, you know, T.Y. Hilton was was basically not ready to come back. We we saw that, and he was on a, a snap count, and um, they were very, you know, very cautious with him. But, you know, Eric Ebron is now going on the IR, and so that makes Jack Doyle a, a viable tight end play going forward. But they, they didn't have – Zach Pascal was non-existent in this game – Chester Rogers, one catch. They like they didn't have anybody else to throw the ball to, and it was just shocking to me how they could not throw the ball against that that Texans defense. Do you care about Jack Doyle with no Ebron, Jake, or is this just another tight end? Yeah, yeah. No, I actually I think he's firmly inside the tight end one conversation. And if Ebron's out, we've seen this. And the biggest thing is I had him as a tight end one and slid him down to fringe tight end one after Ebron was playing for this game. But Jack Doyle, when it's all to himself, and the fact that even if Ty Hilton's out there, he's Essentially, they're number two. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely in on Jack Doyle. If he's out there and you need a late tight end this time of season, go grab him immediately. What about Caden Smith? No. <laughs> I know it's, it's again, you could be playing in deep well, leagues, no, no, but no, I see so, people talk about Caden Smith this morning, and I just kind of rolled my eyes. But I mean, he did get a ton of ton of looks, and he played a lot of snaps. He did, but so is, this is assuming that you know, if Evan Ingram was done for the year. 
end Rhett Ellison was, but the problem is both of them are going to trump him. He's still a rookie. He's still a rookie that how many times do we have to say about rookie tight ends? What did TJ Hawkinson do yesterday? Which, by the way, yes, he was banged up and hurt, but at the same time, TJ Hawkinson hasn't done anything outside of one week. Actually, he had a mediocre <laughs> other week. And yeah, so this is rookie tight ends or rookie tight ends. It's very rare for them to produce in fantasy, let alone be on the field a ton to begin with. And Caden Smith is not a great pass blocker, which is part of the other reason that Hawkinson's at least been able to be out there. It's no offense, also a quality pass blocker. But Packers, Eagles, Dolphins, Redskins, Eagles, you know, two or three decent matchups in there. But again, you would need both of those guys because they're both going to start over, especially right Ellison with his quality blocking. What did you make of the Giants wide receiver core? I mean, Jay, uh, just to go through some of these, Smith plays 59 of 60 snaps, 41 pass routes, 60% of the targets. Shepard leads the way, 57 snaps, Slayton 51, Tate 50, pro football focus is That's 41 in the slot. Um What'd you make of, cause that was the big question we had for weeks. We wanted to see Shepard and, and Tate. I, I know no Ingram, but we want to see some of these guys in the field. What'd you make of the wide receivers? That's going to be exactly our fear is that it's a mess because when, as you were going through it, if you heard me, I said, that's, that's it right there is when you said that Tate was third and it wasn't a huge disparity, but still. But- Tate was third, and he's treated as now what most teams would be like the slot receiver in the third option. If you look at the target share, too, now Sterling Shepard, 5 for 15. Oh, guess what? Because Daniel Jones is your quarterback. Nine targets led the way, and then Slate and Tate both had seven. Tate actually saved his day late with that touchdown. Caden Smith, as you mentioned, had six. But at least it's so – I think it's a poor version of the Rams, is you're going to get all three – all three are going to be the majority of the targets. You know, if there's no Caden Smith, if it's Red Allison, it's Evan Ingram, probably in the mix too. You're looking at the Rams now. This is the Rams. Todd Gurley, Saquon Barkley. This, the Giants of offense is all of a sudden turned into the Rams. The problem is they don't have Sean McVay. They have Daniel Jones and the mess of that whatever. And I don't next even year, Jason I still know who's truly in control over there. Yeah, bring in Garrett, fix everything. Yeah, and I, the, the thing that's concerning to me the most about this team, and it's very similar to the Rams in that respect, is their offensive line. They, they can't run the ball. They, and, and that's with Saquon Barkley back there. And I know he's not 100% healthy, but he's not even getting to the line of scrimmage without getting, you know, having to dodge guys or getting hit. It's the same way when they're pass blocking. These short routes are all they have even available. They can't wait for a guy to get downfield because Jones is running for his life at that point. So it, it's, if they don't do, they need to start doing something, put an extra tight end in, put an extra back in the backfield, just from a blocking standpoint, to give them a chance to throw the ball further than five yards downfield, because right now that's their only option. Yeah, you're talking about a guy in, you know, Shepard with all those targets and those catches, Terry McLaurin, Jake, 12 targets and five grabs. Um, yeah, they like it. Though, the you do, right. And I was going to say, even with just the, the poor quarterback play, and I know everybody's off by now. I think you just – there's not too many wide receivers that are going to get double-digit targets. you got to assume he's he's probably going to average out the rest of the way. Yeah, I would say – so what, uh, wide receiver two? Two? Is he going that high, though? Just on volume? What do you mean? Maybe just – Is he going that high? Like, is that maybe, his value? I know his upside is probably a two, but isn't it fair maybe, Brad, just to rank him as a three rest of the way? Probably. Fringe. I mean, especially – it, it's, yeah, it sounds fair. good whenever you say it because, you know, he's got a good opportunity on the team, opportunity on the team. But when you just think about the landscape of wide receivers right now, there are so many other really good wide receivers. It's hard to fit him in the top 24 to me. Yeah. Well, he is a stud. It's probably still an opportunity to buy low on, on him, especially if in dynasty leagues, especially if he continues just to get five catches, four catches on double digit targets. Um, I still think the future is okay between him and Haskins. I, I wanted to talk to you guys. I, about Carson, uh, Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. Is this where things turn, Jake, or is this going to be a confusing backfield going forward? Because if you just look at Penny overall, that was a career game for him. I mean, in terms of just snaps this season, 49%, season high, 14 carries, season high, 129 yards, season high, 30 snaps. I know a, a big chunk of his yardage came on the ground, but Carson, again, he didn't get credited with that fumble. It was Russell Wilson, but he still put one on the ground. He was getting a lot of the work, Jake, through the air. Penny wasn't, but is this where the switch happens? Because Carson has just done this all season long, put the ball on the ground. Penny just hasn't been able to stay healthy. Is this where things turn, where Penny just starts to take over? No, because it's Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll, go back to everything you said in the offseason, including a question I asked him at the comment. Is Pete Carroll to tell us what he's thinking? He, both of them have a role. And I don't think they're going to just straight out bench Chris Carson 
because he fumbled again this week. When you look at what he's done this entire season, he was the only running back that actually ran. Like Christian McCaffrey had a good day because a lot of the receiving too, and he got the touchdowns. And we're talking fantasy wise, but if we're talking about rushing performance, he's the only one that's rushed well against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's been really good this year. He's been what people wanted Chris Carson to be. Does he fumble too much? Absolutely. You know what he fumbled too much? Just Tiki Barber. He eventually changed that, but Tiki Barber had a three-year stretch where he was amazing and still fumbled. Play. There's been a lot of... Adrian Peterson, people forget, used to fumble oh, a hell of a lot. Time in big spots, yeah. too. Exactly. So... I don't think the the Seahawks are going to be like, oh, you know, Rashad Penny finally had a good game. Time to bench Chris Carson. He has a role for both of them if they're both healthy, if they're both performing well. I just think this means Rashad Penny is now going to be more in the mix. I don't think he's going to take over. Well, I don't, th- Brad. I don't think Chris Carson is going to get benched, but it, it seems like maybe the gap is closing now going forward. Yeah, I mean, he he basically got benched after that yesterday. He, yeah, so he did. It, it's it's. It, and this, the, the thing that was concerning to me is, you know, like you said, Russell Wilson got credited with this fumble. This was a mental mistake by Carson. It was not like he was running and he got stripped. He was, it was like he thought it was a, a play action and he was getting ready to run a route and all of a sudden the ball hits him in the chest and he's laying on the ground. That's what one thing that I think that there's a chance Pete Carroll holds it against him. He's like, okay, we let you get by with some of these physical mistakes for a while, but when you make a mental mistake, that's, that's not acceptable. And Russell Wilson was all over him about it and he didn't see the field after that he didn't come back out there and penny was effective against a really good run defense the eagles have one of the top run defenses in football so i think there is a chance that this this is a it becomes a pretty big swing and rashad penny may get you know 60 to 70 percent of the opportunities going forward it wouldn't surprise me at least this week against Minnesota, Jake is not a great matchup, but and Penny was a guy that was just dropped everywhere. I mean, we talked about it on the show too. If you're not a Carson owner, I mean, what's the point of holding this guy? You really need an injury from Carson for him to get a full workload. But I know you haven't dove into your rankings yet. But against Minnesota, would you consider him as a flex, or is it just again too risky? Penny against the Vikings? Is that what you're? That's what you're asking this I'm week? asking Ooh. if you would consider him as a flex. Yeah. <sighs> I gotta say, like, well, obviously the rankings are gonna come out. I'd say it's a dicey flex with everybody off their bot. Like, this is, we're done now. Uh, and I find it hard to trust any backup running back, even with a share like that. Like, so th- I put him this way. I'll put him in the Austin Eckler conversation. I think that's where he belongs to be. Similar to what Brand, uh, Brad was saying. It's like, I do think he is startable. I think they, but he, perfect example. I think Austin Eckler and Rashad Penny going forward in the same group. They're like probably in the three range. You understand game script, anything going sideways. Yeah, I mean, even the game script not being like a pass versus run, but just like they got shut down. They only scored ten points. Anything going in there like against them could turn into a three point game. But at the same time, because of their ability, they can do a lot more than a lot of running backs can on their few touches. So you could also be looking at an RB one performance any given week. So you just have to know the volatility that you're getting involved with. Do you agree with that, Brad? Um, I. Not from that standpoint, because I don't think he's anywhere close to Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler, even since Gordon came back, Austin Eckler has still been a top 10 running back, and I don't see Penny ever ever getting into that conversation. So I I am much more on the Eckler side of things because I they just use him more. I think he's more explosive than Penny, um, but he's he's used way more in the passing game, and that's what matters to me is when you get those targets in half point or, or – or a full point. I mean, he had 12 targets last game against the Chiefs, and, and they they play some tough defenses coming up. They play the Broncos. They got the Jaguars. Then the Vikings. Those are three pretty good defenses the next three weeks for the Chargers. Eckler's the guy that I could see being used a lot in those games because they're probably going to be playing from behind and, and having to throw the ball, you know, in the second half. Yeah, and I think Speaking for you, Jake, you were just using that example. I know for a fact you're not going to have Penny ranked ahead of, of Austin Eckler. But these are the type of questions that people are going to ask you, right? I mean, they're coming here on the show and they want to know. Like, they see Penny and they see 129 yards and a touchdown, 14 attempts, and they see yeah. Chris Carson with eight carries. These are the questions that you're going to get over these next couple of weeks. I mean, you can shake your head all you want. People are going to ask these kind of questions. Should I start Penny this week or should I start Chris Carson? Or should I not start Chris Carson against Minnesota's run defense? We just saw Zeke a couple of weeks ago rack up 20-plus carries and hardly – what do you have, like 40 yards against them? So is this point of the season, needing the win, I mean, you may have to, you know, sit some of these guys. Uh, it's easy to say in hindsight now, I don't think anybody thought Amari Cooper was going to put up a donut, but it was a tough matchup against Stefan Gilmore. Uh, just rolling through some of these other backs. Okay. Well, hold on, hold on. What? Go ahead. Brad, he's not an RB1. He's a low in RB2. You're crazy. Who, Eckler? Since Gordon came back? No, yeah. He's, he's, number, I, he's number seven last five weeks. And that's no, he's not. He's number nineteen. I'm looking at. The, I'm looking at it right now. 
weeks weeks eight when through I twelve. On running backs the last five yards. weeks, he's number seven. I don't know what you're looking at. That's not right. His last four games, he's nineteen, right between Mac and Barkley. Are you talking about Eckler or Gordon? Eckler. I'm, t- Gordon's I'm talking 10. about Eckler. Gordon, Gordon's six, Eckler seven. In the I'm looking at FF today, the running back rankings. The last five weeks, weeks. Well, no, it doesn't have week no, twelve in it. There's it doesn't have week twelve in it, but they didn't have a buy. Defo- don't make sure. Yeah, but don't look at their last. Their their default scoring is off anyway. I'm looking at the last four and a half point setting. He's he's RB nineteen. Um, That's what I'm looking at too. Yeah, right. But he he had a buy this week through, also. No, I'm not. Ta- I'm not talking about eight, nine, ten, eleven. Okay, so I, I'm looking at last five. I clicked on last five, and and Gordon Gordon came back in what week six? Was it five or six? So I was looking at the last five weeks. He's the number seven running back in prior to this week. In the last five weeks, yeah, Gordon. Melvin Gordon number five. six. Austin Eckler number seven. No, I don't know what's going on with fantasy football today. They're drunk. Oh, okay. Well, you're concluding the Tennessee game. Well, yeah, because Gordon was back. Yeah, That's but he I wasn't. Even, like to... He wasn't even. He wasn't at his full workload yet, or whatever. We're nitpicking between one or two yeah, games. Either, I mean, either I way, think, um, I, there's more upside well, with Eckler a, than Penny. Yeah, there definitely is. I just, I think that, like, I think that'll be the discussion as a, a whole different side topic. Is I don't include that game because I include once Melvin Gordon was back into being the lead man and. So that's different. If you believe like Eckler's there, I'm not saying like you're wrong. I'm not saying, hey, you're wrong to say that. I'm just, I wouldn't. You're wrong. There. You yeah. are. Just and, say and Gordon, it. Yeah. I mean, Gordon had 16 carries against Tennessee, so he was in there a good chunk of that time. I know you want to so, say it. You're oh. wrong. Let's <laughs> throw that Of out. course. You're wrong. Uh, poor Barkley. <laughs> yeah, poor Saquon and, and your dog. Yeah. 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 Um, hard to believe just looking at those running backs is just looking at the last four weeks that Dave Montgomery is actually ahead of, of guys like, Zeke, Mixon, Carson, Mack, Eckler. Yikes. How desperate do you have to be to start David Montgomery, Jake? Mm, desperate? I don't know. I don't know. Like <laughs> Against desperate. Detroit this week? Benched? No! Detroit's one of the worst run defenses in the league. I'm starting David Montgomery. He had six fantasy up. points against them in week 10. Uh, yeah. Is it week 10? Yeah, it was a couple. That was a couple weeks ago. No, no, I'm saying, is it week ten? No, I'm just it's look, not. At at this point, you want to talk about Austin Eckler versus Rashad Penny versus David Montgomery? I'd probably start Eckler, but I would start him over Rashad Penny. Brad, um, I I know you're I not going to rank Montgomery as a top twenty running back against Detroit. This no, week. no, he'll be lower, and I I mean no, that, but he'll be I, in front of Penny, right? Yes. Yeah, he'll be in front of Penny, but I, I mean, you're talking oh about, I've got, probably got them both in like, the, in like the thirties <laughs> or forties. Like it's, I mean, they're not guys I want to start. Let's put it that way. I, I got to be in, you know, some desperate injury situation to put either one of them in my lineup, even as a flex. Okay. Well, we're done talking about all the scrub running backs. I mean, Bo Scarborough, I guess, had a pretty decent day, Jake. 18 Hold for on. 98. Can I ask you a question? No, this is like a serious question. Yeah. Like for you guys. So I want to break. I'm gonna I'm gonna pose to you guys a question that like I'll get in the comments or on Twitter and stuff like that. I'm not saying I'll look look at my comments, but I was thinking about it before the show today, and I thought this was a good like I was gonna actually talk about this with you before the show, Chris. It's a good question to have. You joked about Barkley, who who's whining her head off in the background. Not that Barkley, the real Barkley. And somebody said, when do we stop ranking Saquon Barkley inside the top ten? And I thought this is a legitimate question to have at this point. Like if it wasn't Saquon Barkley. And it wasn't for the fact, like, any given game, because of his talent, he could turn into the number one running back. Brad mentioned, probably still not 100%, even though he's a freak of nature, seemingly like Adrian Peterson coming back as quick as he did. But the offensive line was, the offense in general. Like, again, are we just because the upside is he's number, he could be number one any given week? Or at what point do we stop putting Barkley inside the top 10 because he hasn't been inside the top 10? To go back to that list, Brad, even if you cut out that week from uh, uh, Eckler, what I tell you for the last four games, Saquon Barkley's behind him at number 20. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely concerning that, you know, from, from that standpoint. And when he first came back, I mean, I, I think, I think he has improved in, in the way he's looked, but they have three, three of their last four games in the, in the fantasy playoffs are juicy matchups. Like he's, the Packers this week is a great matchup. The Eagles is a tough matchup, but then he's got Dolphins and Redskins in the fantasy playoffs. I, so like, you put him inside you, the top 10 this week? You may not even be in the playoffs if you have Barkley. Yeah, I'll squad. be, he'll be in the, inside the top 10 in weeks 13, 15, 16 for sure. Weeks 14, I'll have to, I have to look at the rest of the schedule to see. Um, it'd be really tough to move him out just because, 
that, you know, you know, the upside's there and you, if you go and, you know, you go and rank him in the, in the twenties or whatever. And then that's the game where he gets three touchdowns. It's going to, you know, end up looking really bad because you're trying to basically do a hot take at that point, and And that doesn't always work whenever you're ranking players. Yeah. I think, you know, you're playing him because it's Saquon, but Jake, you're right to bring it up. I mean, is he a top 10 back this week? I mean, you're playing McCaffrey over him. You're playing Cook over him. You're playing Kamara against Atlanta over him. Are you playing Zeke over him against Buffalo? No. Really? No, I, I want Saquon against the Packers. The Packers, Packers are giving up the 26 most, most points against running backs and the 23rd against the pass, and he's effective in both of those. You know, that yesterday he wasn't used much in the passing game, but he had 11 receptions in the two games prior to that. Like, I, no way. There's no way. I, I want Barkley. Jake, would you play Zeke or Barkley? <laughs> As he goes and tries to uh, to fix Barkley up, uh, it is interesting. But you're playing him. But Brad, I mean, again, it's it's context, and everybody's uh, leagues are a little bit different. But it's very possible uh, as Saquon owner. I mean, I own him in a, in a spot, and I'm not even. Uh, I don't even have a 500 record. Like I need a win this week. That's how that's yeah. how bad it's been. If you own Barkley, it hasn't been great. He's had three solid games but he's missed a chunk of time and the past couple weeks have been pretty has been pretty disappointing he's got 30 carries and 60 yards yeah and but this is the time of the week and the one thing i will say about zeke as i mentioned earlier better at home the cowboys in general are better at home and they have that game against the bills at home um it is a short week and and that's concerning to me because there's been very few times on thursday nights over the last three or four years where Thursday night games have been an offensive, any offense has done really well. They're usually lower scoring games, just like the Texans and Colts were this last week. That game, you know, played the under big time. So I, I am, I would be, I don't like the matchup against the Bills. The Bills defense to me looks really, just really, really good. And it doesn't matter who they're playing. They've had a couple weeks where they slipped up. I think there's a really good chance that the Bills actually go into Dallas and win that game. And, and I, I don't want Zeke at that point. I feel like there's a chance, a chance at least, that Tony Pollard might be a better play than Zeke this week. Um, I would never rank him over him, but I think there's a chance that, that he has an opportunity to use, do something in the passing game. Whereas, you know, they, they don't use Zeke very much in the passing game right now with the wide receivers they have. Yeah, Dallas opened up seven point favorites against the Bills. Zeke. Yeah, I, I'm betting. I'm betting the Bills in that one. I'm still you know, listening. I, Zeke. Well, okay. Um, yeah, there's no point of, of really even playing this game. Maybe we'll do it on Wednesday. Maybe we'll make a list on on Barkley. But again, you're playing Barkley. Don't you tell me what to do on my show? You're, you're not. Betting. I'll give you a dollar bet. Zeke versus Barkley this week, Jake. Give you a chance to make your money back. No, because I already have my money back from the other stuff that you won't bring Brad, up. Brad, how much money have you lost on <laughs> Damian Williams? How did you feel about that game against the Chargers last week? I mean, Damian gets out of that game, and it's LaShawn McCoy show. I mean, it's not much Well, yeah, but Damian got hurt. Guess. He broke a rib, so that's that's a little different scenario than, like, oh, I'll say, what are your What's your rib, thoughts so. moving forward, then? Um, I I don't know. Like, I, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's one of those, like, they started out it was the Damian Williams show to start that game until he got hurt right. and that was that to me was the 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 takeaway at least initially i just don't know you know number 1 what's his health going to be is that rib going to be a problem where he might even be inactive this coming week um you know the same with that that offense in general it, it feels like when Tyreek Hill went out, that offense got shut down. And yeah, they tried to use Kelsey more in the second half, but it's not the same. They don't have that, if they don't have that explosiveness with Hill on the field, occupying so much defensive attention, it changes how they play the game. And they did not game plan. It was almost like they had game plans to have Tyreek Hill such a huge part of that, that game that whenever he went out, they struggled for a while. And, and it was, you know, it was concerning to me as a Chiefs fan that they didn't adapt quicker. And yeah, they came out in the second half and scored a couple touchdowns, but then they didn't do anything the rest of the game. And, and they tried to get McCole Hardman involved a little bit. And it just, it just, I don't know. I, but I, if the wide receivers are healthy, if Tyree Kill's able to come back, if, if, then I think that opens things up in the running game. And I'm still going to start Damian Williams if he's active. I just don't know if he's going to be active because I don't know how the severity of the injury with them having the bye week. There was no information out of Kansas City this week. Yeah, what a mess. Yeah. I think if you need a win, I mean, you probably just bench all these guys, Jake. I mean, you just don't want to mess well, around. Well, we might know, but yeah, we might know by the end of the week. I think if Damian Williams is completely out, uh, that changes things. And I, I would lean to Daryl just from yeah. the use and McCoy getting banged up. And the, I mean, the McCoy used even before that. So I think we'll yeah, have to find it. It's just something we're going to have to watch. 
I will say this. There there was enough concern in Kansas City. McCoy had a concussion, I think, at the end of that game. And so Daryl Williams was literally the only active running back they had left uh, because Darwin Thompson was inactive that night. There was talk in Kansas City this week about them going out and signing Alex Collins solely because they don't they may not have another healthy running back this week. Um, so there, I, I think today, you know, today or tomorrow with the practice schedule will determine a lot of, uh, you know, what they have going forward. But yeah, well, if, here, if I'll put one back to active, you guys. You want to play them. No, here's the problem. They're four o'clock on Sunday. So I'll flip one back to you guys, Chris, first. You start David Montgomery on Thursday and not risk waiting. Yes. Like obviously, yes. I think, I think, and that's the thing is I'm starting here. I would even consider Frank Gore. I mean, there, there's some options that you're going to have to make that are on Thursday and then potentially even like at the one o'clock games because again, it's a four o'clock game. You might not be able to wait on the Damian Darrell, Sean McCoy situation and not know. Like I said, hopefully we will know, but yeah. if you don't, I don't think you can afford it because the only options you have after that are the Patriots, Texans. I mean, maybe if you want to wait and risk Duke Johnson, if you're going for the most ceiling, I mean, that's the only kind con- of Rashad Penny. There you go. Monday night, you could back up with Rashad Penny. Jeez, yeah, tough, tough calls. <laughs> All comes first, full circle. To yeah, I, I will say this: if you if you have both Damien and and McCoy, and you're trying to figure out, you know, what to do, Daryl Williams is probably out there available, and he's probably going to be cheaper in Fab than than uh, Rashad Penny is. You could always kind of have all three of them if you're needing to add a running back, and then just wait and see the the actives inactives coming out. What about Benny Snell, Jake? Any interest, Benny Snell? If there's no Connor, yeah, James yeah, Taylor Tamer is not that guy. He's going to run between tackles. No, no, no. And here's the thing: like the jokes aside, like so, this is to kind of give people two. Th- Actually, I want to back up real quick to go back to the Daryl Williams. It's too late now because the season's over. But remember this for everybody in the future in general: when you go into the waivers, don't always sort by projected points because a lot of people do that. A lot of people didn't see. Daryl Williams sitting on waivers. A lot of people don't see previous weeks people sitting on waivers because they're on buys. Well, obviously, they don't show up in projected mm-hmm. points. And you can pick up guys like that. Like a few weeks ago, Darius Slate when the Giants were on a buy. Like those type of things. Anyway, so that was the nope, uh, sidebar. I just good want to call. make sure for everybody to know that. Benny Snell, so this is one where I can joke about not liking somebody but still like their fantasy value. Like I, everybody knows this throughout the draft process if they've been following me. I don't like Benny Snell. And it's because I think he's Jordan Howard. And I actually think Jordan Howard's better than Benny Snell. So he's a poor man's Jordan Howard. But – that can still be effective to a degree. There's a limitation on that, and I think that's what people should understand. There's a limitation on Jordan Howard. There's a limitation on Benny Snell. But if he's going to be getting that much run, if he's going to be getting that much run, still behind one of the better offensive lines, whether or not it's Devlin Hodges, whether or not it's Mason Rudolph, whoever's back there, you're going to be getting the ball 20 carries a game, even against the Browns. You're going to be in the low RB2 conversation because let's compare it to somebody else who is – I would say similarly, if you gave them both 20 touches, probably similar outcomes as Sony Michelle versus Benny Snell, or at least Benny Snell is getting to 20. Sony Michelle's not even getting his anymore. Right. Yeah. And so 21 for 98 yesterday, Snell. Week six, uh, Connor sat that game out too. 17 attempts, 75 yards. So you agree with that, Brad? I mean, you just take the volume. You know, if you're going to get around 20 carries, you just plug that in. What surprised me the most in this was Jalen Samuels was basically not on the field and not being used, and that was who everybody expected to, to be the lead. It concerns me about his health, too, because I know he's been banging up the last few weeks. So for them to just all of a sudden make the switch and say, you know what, Benny Snell's going to be our lead guy, one way or another, there was not – this offense, it, they had one big play when Devlin Hodges came in the game right away. He threw a little crossing pattern that James Washington took to the house. And outside of that, their offense did nothing all day against the Bengals defense, who is atrocious. That's why I don't feel like even though they're sitting in that, that six and five, you know, second wildcard spot right now, I don't think they have a prayer because there is, there's nothing here that is, is any good. They, they had, I mean, Washington had those three catches. Deontay Johnson, three catches, 29 yards. Deion Kane, one catch, 35 yards. Vance McDonald, one catch, one yard. Like they, they're not even looking at these guys. And, and there's just, there was just, I don't know. They're just, they look completely out of sorts. And as good as their defense is, I don't think there's any way they're a playoff team. All right, well, make sure you check out Jake's waiver wire column uh, coming out at 12.01. bunch of guys in there. I'm sure A.J. Brown. I mean, how many times have you written about A.J. Brown, Jake, so far this season? Big, oh, no, no he's, I don't have to write game. about him because he, he was already in the I tried to tell you section where if you didn't pick him up Fair at this enough. point. I, I, like, <laughs> I like that section. It's like a little bit of a slap in the face. Like, told you so. <laughs> you could have had no, this guy. <laughs> but his ownership is 16% in Yahoo leagues, dropped everywhere, and then has 135 yards yesterday. 
All that Chris. It's not a slap. Like I know it probably comes off like that because I'm me. But <laughs> I explained it last year. I tried to explain it again. It's, it's not the I told you so as in like ha ha. It's the I. It's called I tried to tell you. Right. And it's and the point is it's like Cole Beasley's there. It, it's, it's so it's like you either want him or you don't. If you didn't pick him up to this point, I can't keep writing the same thing every single week and saying the same thing. If you don't want to pick them up, you don't want to pick them up. I have nothing left to tell you. That's really what it is. And that's why. And the only reason I put them there is for the people to be like, hey, just make sure he's not available in your league. He would rank in front of all these guys that are on the waiver list. I'm just pulling your chain. I do the same thing. I know, I know, but there's a lot of people out there that assume that's what's behind it. I know. Maybe about 10% true. (laughs) I do do the same thing with the fantasy hockey columns as well. It's just like, tried to tell you, uh, make sure they're owned, mentioned them last week. Oh, you mentioned them last week. Eh, Good for you. Um, But yeah. (laughs) Speaking of which, didn't Anthony Duclair used to play for the Rangers? He did. Years ago? Yes. And, uh, I saw that name and I was like, that guy. That guy, yeah, he's been around the league, um, but he's balling out right now. An opportunity in Ottawa, making things happen. Do you remember in the roundtable what is you it said about pulling out or is it pucking out? Um, let's go with pucking out. Let's I don't, I don't. I'm gonna out. say it's balling out because I don't think great. that has any. That? I don't think that has any relation to the the ball that they're playing with or the apparatus yeah, that they're playing. That's what with. I say. There I think you it go, more Chris. has to do with what's in between their legs. He's been pucking great. There you go. He's been pucking great. <laughs> between um, yeah. <laughs> Do you that's, rem- that's the that's the ball reference to me. So when you say a guy's been balling out, it's because he's showing got some nuts. <laughs> he's free balling. He's <laughs> free balling. Um, Interesting stat, real quick. Field yes, Yates tweeted it out. We since week six, Eagles and Redskins combined wide receiver touchdowns is zero. Yes, that's just atrocious. Like I. I traded, I, I, I overpaid. I, I, I overpaid. I traded Terry played? McLaurin and a late first and a second round pick and a high second to get DJ Shark, um, in a, in a dynasty league because I, I don't believe in, in either team's, or uh, in the Redskins quarterback situation going forward. I, I think they may end up having to draft another one this year and it turns into almost like a Josh Rosen situation. Ooh. Oh no, this, you know what's going to happen. The Eagles are going to end up with a higher pick than they should and they're going to fall into somebody like Jerry Judy and then they're just going to be awesome because that's what the Eagles do. I'm okay with that. They need to get a, a wide receiver playmaker for sure. <laughs> yeah, VR with that too. Yeah, I, I think, I don't know the numbers offhand, but heading into last week, it was the last seven games their wide receivers are ad- averaging 70 yards and I mean, there was really nothing yesterday. I mean, Again, I'm not going to fault them too much for Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jeffrey. I mean, maybe, right. like I said, the only thing I maybe fault them for is too much injury optimism, which, hey, look, people in real life, just like in fantasy, fall into that trap as well. Yeah, all right, absolutely. Okay, um, do you remember what you said about David Njoku in the roundtable when there was the question that Brandon threw out about the tight ends? Would you even? Yeah, that I would take him over all the guys. You would take him over all the guys, David Njoku? Yes, yes. Wow. I wish I remembered all of the guys' names, but I felt like there was like four or five that I wouldn't have. Do you feel that confident in Joku if he's going to get activated, Brad? You're just going to plug him in? Uh, yeah. I mean, if you need over well, Greg Olson, uh, Greg Olson. I was, was no, 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 yes. no, no. I I want Greg Olson more. I don't know if was Greg was Greg Olson yeah, on the list. Olson Olson was on the list. Kyle Rudolph no, is the guy no. that I said for sure I would. I would cut Rudolph. No, yeah, Rudolph completely touchdown dependent. No, here you go. Here you go. All right. We'll do it real you quick. We'll list. close it out because it's yeah, waiver. Yeah, I got the list. I pulled it up. So, would you rather have? Okay, well, so now I would change one as of today because this is, so I'll I'll save him for last because these are discussions. So, would you take Ryan Griffin or Njoku the rest of the way? I take Njoku. I would take Griffin. Griffin. Goddard or Njoku. Njoku. Goddard. Oh come on. Man, there's nobody there. He had seven catches yesterday. Well, they, but if, if Alshon and Aguilar come back. Yeah, Miami, the Giants, mean, Washington coming up, I would, if, I would take Otter. If one person comes back. Okay, Greg Olson or Joku. I'm still taking Njoku. I would take Olson. I'm taking Olson. Alright, so Kyle Rudolph. So here, this is where I would take Njoku. I'll take Njoku. Thielen coming back. So, and the entire point is, I'm going for the upside. It's tight end. I'm not chasing freaking Greg Olson's of the world. You can go get, and that's my point. You can go get Greg Olson off the waiver wire and still a ton of leagues. You can go get Kyle Ruto, obviously. I don't want seven points a week. I'm just going to chase because tight ends are the one place I'll chase. So this is the last one that I said. This is the one I would change as of today. When we wrote this, when we were answering this question, Ed Dixon and Luke Wilson were both supposed to come back. Mm. By the way, Ed Dixon on IR, Luke Wilson didn't even play, banged up still. So, it was originally Jacob Hollister. I would take Hollister over Njoku the rest of the way. Now, I wasn't at the time of the writing. Okay. 
Yeah, I would Hollister agree with that. For sure. Yeah, I would agree yeah. with that too. And he he should have had a touchdown yesterday. He was wide open in the end zone. Russell Wilson threw the ball like twenty feet over his head. Yeah, so, what the hell, yeah. Russell Wilson? That was the weirdest game I've seen from him in a while. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, at first, I just thought it was just Wentz. I was like, ah, it's just Wentz. It's a little windy. But then that play. No, the, <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll, if everybody, this is to pit, not pit myself, but at the top of, I have, I've had it there since like week five. At the top of every waiver, every ranking, and every APA column is the link to the weather concerns, which mentions the 15, 25, 35. When it's 15 plus wins, Slight tie break concern, 25 plus. Now you fade the entire passing game. 35 degrees or lower, you also consider fading the passing game. So if you ever get a 25 plus a 35, run for the hills, as you saw yesterday. All right. Let's get out of here on this. Baltimore and L.A. Brad, Ravens? Yeah, Ravens. But I, th- this could be a really fun game to watch. Yeah, because the over-under are two and a half turnovers for Jerry Goff. <laughs> I just I'm hoping this is one of those games where where Cooper Cup has like 200 yards receiving and two touchdowns because I think that's the only way they stay in the game. I'm gonna take the Probably. under on that. No, no, we got Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods. So they got everybody back now. Yeah, it'll be interesting to to see how they roll. Okay, Jake Seeley, give him a follow at All In Kit. Check out his waiver wire column. Brad Ziegler at Brad Ziegler. Myself at Chris Meany. Nah, enjoy the the Monday Night Football game. We will be back on Wednesday. Have a good one, guys.